Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode number 239. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman. I am joined this evening by Brogan King. Hello. Hello. And we have a fun-filled, action-packed episode for you tonight. Uh, In our last episode, (laughs) I almost wanted to do like a comic book, kind of like, in our last episode. In our last episode. Yes. In in our last episode. uh, We talked about uh, card types. Super types, subtypes, and we didn't get through all of them. We there have more. a lot. Yes. So, thank you for joining in on this, this, the same judge time, same judge channel. And we're going to continue talking about that. So, just as a quick recap, uh, episode 238, we talked about the rules that are specific for the uh, super types, types, subtypes. Uh, we talked about lands, rules specific for lands, artifacts, enchantments, uh, instants, and sorceries. And today we're going to be covering planeswalkers, creatures, tribal, um, and then what I've affectionately referred to as command zone nonsense. <laughs> Which is fair. <laughs> is yes. super fair. Planes phenomenon, vanguard schemes, conspiracies, and then we're going to talk about some type-changing effects, and hopefully that will round out this uh, this episode uh, so you can see that part one and part two fit together like bookends or, you know, chocolate and peanut butter, um, something else that no, goes... No, I, I just... I, I'm, I'm, what, more, what other classic combos have you got here for us? Um... Say Laurel burger and French and fries. What's that? Burger and French fries. Burgers and French fries. Uh, beer and a second beer. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, classics. Classics. All right. So, all right. Uh, should I start us off with yeah. planeswalkers? Yes. Tell us all about planeswalkers. All right. Well, um, you. Th- <laughs> I feel like if you listen to these two episodes back to back, you're going to hear a lot of uh, repetitive phrases, but I think that it's actually helpful that cards are worded it like that. Even though I'm about to tell you that you can cast a planeswalker during your main phase when the stack is empty and you have priority, I think it's useful that that that's worded in a similar way to, you know, a sorcery or an enchantment. I don't know. It's it's. It's consistency. No, no reason to reinvent the wheel there. Nope, not at all. Um, uh, so there are um, planeswalker subtypes like Jace. Uh, these are a single word. However, um, you can have multiple single word subtypes, um, as we talked about um, in a few episodes ago. With the the royal scions, have the uh, planeswalker subtypes of will and rowan but it just reads as will rowan and boy does that bug me it it seems like first name last name doesn't it it does it does seem like first name last name hi and and i know that it's written that way because of how like like a zombie wizard you don't have zombie and wizard i get that <laughs> no 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 my dad's mr rowan i'm will <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, it. Yep, that's what. No, it that's that's exactly it. It's exactly <laughs> exactly like that. Um, it, things to note about planeswalkers. Uh, planeswalkers are legendary. Um, 
the last time that uh, card types were discussed on JudgeCast, um, the we had the Planeswalker uniqueness rule. Um, now it's merged in with the the state based actions for legendary permanents. So, hurrah! Yeah, and just as a, a, a quick refresher, what that is is if I have uh, a legendary permanent in play and I play another legendary permanent with the same name. Uh, I choose one and I keep, that's the one I keep. And the other one goes to the graveyard. And that is a super type. And we talked about that. Well, that was like two weeks ago. That was a million years ago. It was, it might as well have been like, this is, this is 2019. I need you to realize that time seems to stretch. (laughs) Because it's 2019 or because of the passage of time as a concept. Like, let's say like, just and I realize this is going to be an evergreen episode, but the whole okay boomer thing has been only <laughs> around for like 10 days. And, and you're already really, sick of it. And it really feels like, like it could have started before the last presidential election. It's been going on so long. So, so I have no you, concept of time. How do you think millennials feel? Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Well, everything everything in the planet is being killed by millennials. So, uh, I would I would think that millennials actually feel like it's longer because since they've lived less time, that oh, 10 just days proportionally, takes, yeah. Which I actually heard that's a reason why like little kids think that things t- are so much longer than they are because you know like a summer break from school represents like ten such a of large your life. portion of their entire lifespan, right? I think that makes perfect sense. Right. So, um, anyway, I'm Gen X, by the way. <laughs> okay, Boomer. At any rate, uh, um, other things about Planeswalkers. Uh, loyalty. Planeswalkers have them. It's a characteristic that only Planeswalkers have, uh, which they have by default. Um, things about loyalty. The... Uh, loyalty of a Planeswalker card, that it, note I'm saying card, is not on the battlefield, um, is equal to the, the number printed in the lower right corner of the Planeswalker card. Um, just, again, by virtue of being Planeswalkers, um, they, they have an intrinsic ability that says, this permanent enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters on it equal to its printed loyalty number. Uh, that's a replacement effect. Yep. So... Here's one of the neat things. So Gideon, Gideon Backblade, Black, 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 Black Blade, Backbade, Gideon. Yes. Uh huh. I'm not gonna fix this in editing. I'm just gonna struggle to just power through podcast pro. Gideon Blackblade got him. Um, is a planeswalker that had a static ability that said, as long as it's your turn, Gideon Blackblade is a four-four human soldier creature with indestructible, and it's still a planeswalker. Okay, so. If you had a uh, humi- humility out, which removed all abilities from creatures, it would actually remove the this permanent enters the, the intrinsic ability of this permanent enters the battlefield with a number of loyalty counters because it's going to come in as a as, as a creature. It will be a creature when it enters, right? But it's going to have this ability removed from it, so it's not going to have any loyal ca- loyalty counters. So Spicy. yeah, so you'll your planeswalker will just be like. A one-one critter with no abilities and no and counters, no loyalty counters on it to speak of. Right. So, yeah. So, if you want to be a real big jerk to 
yeah. all of our, our good friends. Yeah, you could mess around with, like, everything's artifacts and a march of the machines and something else. You could you could do the same thing. but I don't want to do that. No, I'll pass. I don't want to do that either. Um, the loyalty of a Planeswalker card on the battlefield um, is equal to the number of loyalty counters on it, which is fairly self-explanatory. The loyalty abilities are activated abilities, uh, and putting counters on them or taking them off is part of the cost of activating your loyalty ability. So, you know what I was just saying about waiting for people mm-hmm. to respond before you take off or remove the... or <laughs> That's the same word. Before you take <laughs> off or add um, counters, you're paying a cost. Just adjust yeah. your loyalty. Again, assuming that you are adjusting the loyalty based on the the number before the colon on the ability, if there's something else that is going on that is adjusting the the loyalty, don't listen to me. Yeah, so, like, here, here's a, a example where that might be using our, our Planeswalker Will Rowan, uh, the Royal Scions, has a minus eight ability that says draw four cards when you do the Royal Scions deal damage to any target equal to the number of cards in your hand. So what's going to happen is if if your Royal Scions have eight counters, you're going to remove those eight counters. You're going to put the ability on the stack. Before that ability resolves, your Royal Scions are in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. So just a thing to consider. So it, it does matter. Yes. The, the the order in which these the, the counters are put on. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. Because this ability says the Royal Scions deal damage to any target creature. Well, the Royal Scions are in the graveyard. How can they possibly be dealing damage? <laughs> Let me introduce you to a little concept called last known information uh-huh. in another episode. Not this one, because this let's, one's about types. Let's let's talk about that at a later <laughs> moment. Um, and additionally, uh, when as far as when you can activate your um, Planeswalker abilities... A player can activate a loyalty ability of a permanent they control when the stack is empty during their main phase. Shocking. Uh, But only if no player has previously activated a loyalty ability of that permanent that turn. And again, that is no player. So if something sketchy happens where you gain control of my, my royal scions and then activate it and then give it back to me on that same turn... I, I can't activate it. There's some things. First off, someone in this chain of events has had to have gained the ability to activate a Planeswalker ability uh, at off turn. Yes, yeah, so somewhere not when they should be able to. Right. And it has to gain, and it has to change control. Yeah, there's there, there's many things that have to occur in order for that particular thing to be relevant. So do you do you remember... When the ability to activate, so right now the ability to activate a loyalty ability is tied to the permanent. Okay, it's just or, or is mm-hmm. tied to is tied to just activating a loyalty ability on that permanent. Mm-hmm. Okay, it used to be tied to the planeswalker type. So oh, so if I had so what you what you did was, uh, and I believe the card was experiment Kraj. Was, so you turned your planeswalker into a creature, then you put a plus one plus one counter on it. Then experiment Kraj gained all activated abilities of the creatures with the plus one plus one counters on it. <laughs> uh huh. 
and you uh, didn't, and the restriction of the times that you could activate a loyalty ability was tied to the planeswalker permanent type. And because Kraj is not a planeswalker, you could just sit there uh, and, and plus one for forever, and then ultimate, and then plus one a bunch more times, and then ultimate. That's the dumbest thing. Isn't it great though? I had, can't do that when anymore. When was that? Um. Uh, like six, seven, eight years ago, a long, you know, a long time so, ago. So, right before my time. That makes sense. Cool. Another fun thing about Planeswalkers, uh, loyalty abilities cannot be mana abilities uh, by virtue of what mana abilities are. Yeah. Or is that a chicken and the egg kind of situation? N- no. I think Planeswalker abilities, like the first one was... Koth of the Hammer, I think. Mm, yeah. And and what what the concern is, so mana abilities resolve instantly, resolve immediately. There's no opportunity to respond or anything like that. And they didn't want Planeswalker abilities to function differently in some cases. In certain circumstances. Right. So they just immediately said... This is not going to be a, a mana ability, so people have the opportunity to respond to it, so they don't have to account for that yeah. on yeah. Every every loyalty ability functions the exact same way, except this cough ability right here. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you. What else we got? Well, y- you can attack planeswalkers. Me personally. When... Yes, Brian. You okay. personally. Cool. If I have if I have creatures that can attack for damage, and I can attack Brian. And Brian has a planeswalker. I can attack Brian's planeswalkers with with my creatures, barring something, some other shenanigans. This next point is great. <laughs> this is actually in the rules. It this is this is actually in the rules. There there is an actual rule that that used to say that there was a rule, uh, okay. but it's not anymore. So the, the the there used to be a planeswalker redirection rule. Saying that if you could target a player with something, you can target their planeswalker to take the damage. If you controlled a, a an effect, a source that was dealing damage to a player, you could choose to redirect that damage to a planeswalker they controlled. Uh, uh, sorry, an opponent, not a player. Oppo- yeah. Yeah. So there's an actual rule in the CR right now that says previously planeswalkers were subject to a redirection effect that allowed blah, 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 explain. This has been removed and cards have been eroded. They acknowledge that the rule used to be there. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't hate that. I don't hate that they acknowledge how it used to be. So that that way, if somebody goes back in and says, well, I know this used to be a thing, they can point at that and go, aha, I know I was right. Yeah, it just just seems kind of weird to have have a thing that was like, hey, this is the way it used to work three years ago or two years ago or however long it was. That's real. Like, how long do you wait before you take it out? Like, are we going to be in, like, 2024 and we're still going to be talking about this? Do we have anything in the rules that says mana burn used to be a thing? Uh, I don't know, but in preparing for this, I actually found a rule that said things work way X. This is an exception to rule Y. And then I went to rule Y and rule Y was like, yeah, thing X is totally a thing. I was like... Well, how? But, <laughs> but, hmm. Uh, yeah, this isn't really more of an ex- uh, an exception, but more of an acknowledgement. It's an it's a statement of right that yeah. that this is true. That's really weird. That's very self referential. It is. Okay. I don't like so it. More on more on planeswalkers. 
Uh, or planeswalkers. If damage is dealt to a planeswalker, um, usually if you're if you're dealing that damage to a player, uh, they take damage. If you're dealing damage to a planeswalker, you remove that many loyalty counters from it. Relatively simple. Um, and if a planeswalker has zero loyalty counters on it, it is put in the graveyard. Uh, note that this is not a destruction effect. Nope. Nope. So the, those are all the rules for the planeswalker type that are associated to the type of planeswalker. Things um, that are true by virtue of being planeswalkers. Yep. Creatures, despite being a huge part of the game, actually have a significantly less amount of rules. Now, we're not going to talk about, like, combat and stuff like that, because, yeah, yeah, that's related to the creature type, but combat's kind of more of its own separate thing. And we have an episode about combat, we right? Do. We Pretty have two sure we episodes do. about combat. Yay. That's what happens when you've been around for eight, <laughs> nine, ten years. Go us. So, creatures. Uh, you can cast creature when you have priority during your main phase and the stack is empty. Shocking. Shocking. Oh, that's that's an instant. Anyway, go on. Yep. Uh <laughs> Creatures can have multiple creature subtypes. So I can have my goblin wizard. I can't have a Will Rowan, though, because those are planeswalker subtypes. But I can have my goblin zombie. My zombie. My zoblin. My zoblin gombie. You're gombly. Yes. Power and toughness are a characteristics that only creatures have. Uh, you might be saying to yourself, hey, what about vehicles? They don't have a power and toughness until they become a creature. Got him. Yep, got him. Um, power and toughness uh, are, are characteristics only creatures have, so you cannot have an enchantment with a power toughness. Unless it is also a creature. Unless it's also a creature, yes. Power is how much damage it deals in combat. Toughness is the amount of damage needed to destroy it. Uh, creatures can attack and block. Now, one of, the, one of the other fun little rules is this thing that is colloquially called summoning sickness. This summon, summoning sickness is is a term that goes way way back. I remember it uh, coming up in like ninety four, ninety five. So it's it's almost as old as the game itself. But it's a uh, have a people pre- have people always called it that? Yes, I love that. Uh, in fact, the ability haste uh, used to not be haste. It was just an ability that written out that said like this creature is not affected by summoning sickness. Sickness, I, or I guess not sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what Summoning Sickness is, is a creature's uh, activated ability with the tap symbol, or the untap symbol. Hey, that untap symbol. Uh, so if you've got an activated ability with the tap symbol in it, you can't activate it unless the creature has been uh, under its controller's turn continuously since their most recent turn started. So basically, you got to have it at the beginning of the turn in order to uh, have controlled it in order to use its ability with a tap symbol. Same thing goes with attacking. Now, this also applies, this applies to creatures when it comes time to do these things. It's actually checked. So if I play an enchantment, okay, enchantments don't have summoning sickness. Artifacts, you know, solo mono, uh, I almost said mono artifacts. Yeah, I was going to say, don't, don't you dare call them mono artifacts, yeah. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Permanents that are artifacts only or enchantments only they might have the tap symbol on them. You can go ahead and tap them right away. But if I play a artifact or, or even a land, like I can tap a land right away. But if I somehow animate that land, I now have a, cre- and it's on the same turn, I now have a creature that has not been under my control since the very start of my turn. I cannot 
tap that land creature for mana. Uh, the most like obvious Dryad example of this is Dryad Arbor. Right. You can't tap it for mana the turn it comes and enters the battlefield because it's summoning sick. I remember the first time I tried to tap a Dryad Arbor, the turn I played it and was like, wait. The the rules for tribal are, are even less. There's, there's not really much specifically to say about tribal other than the fact that we don't really get tribal cards anymore and they're usually tribal as a type then another type like an instant and then a subtype like spirit or it exists so i could say tribal enchantment merfolk and then i can have a card that says go search your library for a merfolk card and you can go get an enchantment instead of just a creature that's really all it exists for and the rules are basically just like you have subtypes Eh. and Go go pick your yeah. The tri- the tribal subtype is actually as uninteresting as the tribal tattoos <laughs> that people will get around their arm. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. The <laughs> clearly why they were named this. Right. That's that's why. Right. But no. Yeah. There's it, this is not. When was the last tribal set? Uh, that would be uh, uh, Lorwyn Block. No. 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 I think they had a, a all is dust like the rise uh, of the visit. Eldrazi. Rise of the Eldrazi. They had a, a tribal Eldrazi spells. Yep. Oh yeah, all is dust. Mm-hmm. Neato. Uh, but yeah, tri- tribal is got not a lot going on. Yep. A- and and then we have a spooky intro as we enter the command zone. Yeah. I was gonna say we're just like scraping the bottom of the like that spooky noise is really just us just dragging a, a spoon across the bottom of the barrel. It's just <laughs> it's 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 dragging like it's it's creaking open the chest of other of other types that are just covered in dust. Yes, affectionately referred to as command zone nonsense. So what's well, you do got... you want to like rock paper scissors to see who has to talk about this? No, let's go. Um, okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll okay, because I talked about uh, planes walkers. Yeah, so I can talk about planes. Planes are non-traditional magic cards that are used in the plane chase variant. Yeah, non-traditional is is a code word for big. <laughs> a, a weirdly sized card. <laughs> so they uh, they also have subtypes. Uh, and they are, they're a twist, uh, because they break from the rule about subtypes being a single word. So before we were talking about Will Rowan and Goblin Wizard, um, so there is a plain Sarah's Realm, uh, Sarah's Realm is one subtype. <laughs> not the, not the same weirdness as with the, the Urza's lands that we were talking about pr- in the previous episode. So Urza's Mine has a type Urza's and a type Mine. But Sarah's Realm is just Sarah's Realm. It's not Sarah's and Realm. Yeah, I'm good. I, yeah. I, I'll take it. All right. Okay, um, sure. Uh, <laughs> they they have triggered or activated abilities, depending on what they are. <laughs> what Brian has entered in the show notes next is just... <laughs> Planar die, followed by two exclamation points, which basically means you roll the planar die to determine something about your planes. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the planar die 
is a six-sided die that has four blank sides on it. One side is the Planeswalker symbol, and one side is the Chaos symbol. And the... Chaos! Yeah. Good. And, the, and if you get a Planeswalker symbol, uh, you are going to Planeswalk. And then if you roll the Chaos symbol, then each each plane has a has a triggered ability that says like hey whenever you roll the chaos symbol the chaos thing happens the chaos thing right i mean it could be it could be anything it could be like so uh yeah so the the chaos could be like you know like all creatures get plus 2 plus 2 until end of turn or it could be get up and do the hokey pokey not actually but you get the general gist and, and that's us planeswalking yeah yeah, so what's what is what does it mean to planeswalk? So you you planeswalk by having some sort of dramatic moment. Wait, no. Uh you flip over the the, the top <laughs> card of the planar deck, is that what it is? Yeah. And do whatever it tells you to do. Yeah. So it's it's just, you know, some cards tell you to do something when you planeswalk to the location. Some of them have static abilities. Yeah. It could be a multitude of things. Yeah. Much like tribal. Yeah, a lot of times they, they function kind of just like enchantments, you know, that have a static ability and a triggered ability. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, also worth noting, uh, the controller is based on whose turn it is when we're doing our planar die planeswalking. Yeah. I'm so, curious when this ever matters. Um, so here's, here's the thing. Um, so generally speaking... Um, you have like a single planar deck in the middle because mm-hmm. only one person has the the plane cards. So if you're sitting down with your three buddies, and one of you owns the the plane right. chase cards, right? But so what happens is, is as you change turns, the controller changes because you're the one putting the triggered abilities on the stack. Okay, so you need to be the controller because you're the one interacting with it and you're the one that when the card talks about you that that somebody needs to be that one person and not it's not just always the buddy who owns the cards right now there is an exception to this which is if on my turn while i am the controller of the plane i die then the next player in turn order becomes the controller of the plane but i can't because it's not my turn i can't roll the plane or die or anything like that so yeah i'm the controller of the plane but i can't really interact with it doesn't do anything for you right so neato well while we're talking about plane chase what's uh this is this is the coolest um this is the coolest uh, of the command zone nonsense cards because when you talk about it you get to sing that sesame street strong sesame street song Tell us about the Sesame Street song, you know, Ryan. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. <laughs> phenomena. Do, 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 do. Phenomena. Also a plane chase variant. It's uh <laughs> or or a variant card within when playing plane chase. Uh phenomena, they don't have any subtypes. They are each phenomena is a triggered ability that happens when you encounter it. Now, if you remember when we were talking about sagas in the last episode, we were talking about how the saga has a triggered ability, you know, when the last chapter ability is activated and there's a triggered ability goes on the stack, the you discard the saga card when 
the last triggered ability leaves the stack. So the the saga card actually stays on the battlefield. So you you, you hit the last chapter counter. It's supposed to go to go to the graveyard now, but it puts a triggered ability on the stack. But that saga sticks around until that triggered ability resolves, leaves the stack somehow. That kind of thing. And then it goes away. Phenomena are the same way. Do, 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 do. Are the <laughs> there's you, you can't avoid it. <laughs> I can't. It's it's in there. I almost did it again. Um, I, phenomenon have a triggered ability, and the trigger is going to go on the stack. Once the trigger leaves the stack, you move the phenomenon card away, and you you planeswalk away, and you reveal the next card from the planer deck, which may be a plane, maybe another phenomena. Don't do, do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. I understand. That's in there. That's that's hardwired now. I'm really sorry. Okay. Uh, I I'm sorry if you ever have to play plane chase with Brian. One because you're playing plane chase. Mostly that, N- not because of the the, the singing. Uh, <laughs> all, right. all right. Next we've got uh, vanguards. <laughs> Again, <laughs> a, a non-traditional magic card. I actually one of my LGSs had a just like a bunch of vanguards in the store the other day. It was weird. Uh, they are non-traditional magic cards, which means they are too big. Uh, they have no subtypes. They are not permanents, and you cannot cast them. Uh, they, What they actually do is they affect the player's starting life total or hand size and generally have some additional static... Uh, static ability or triggered ability or activated ability. Some sort of cool something. Uh, the only one that matters, the only one anyone cares <laughs> about is uh, is Momir Vig. Yeah. Which is where Momir Basic comes from. Right. If you've heard of that format, there, the Vanguard card Momir Vig is where it came from. Real quick, uh, what does is, what is the avatar Momir Vig do? Uh, Momir Vig Simic Visionary, my boy here, Increases your starting life total by four. Got him. Um, and uh, <laughs> does it does it give you this ability, or does it itself have the ability? I guess it itself has the ability. It has the ability, but you can activate but it. But you can act right. So um, it uh, you can pay X and discard a card uh, to create a token that is a copy of a creature card uh, with converted mana cost X chosen at random uh and you can activate it at sorcery speed and only once a turn um so it's impossible to really play with in real life unless you have some sort of random card generator available to you um but yeah you you basically pay x and discard a card and it makes you a creature with cmcx a random creature with cmcx that's a token and boy, is it weird. Yeah, it's 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 really neat. Um, I would highly recommend playing it sometime if you have not. But yeah, Van- Vanguards are... I had never... Up until probably two years ago, I had only ever heard of Vanguards as it pertains to... Yeah, that's, that's where Momir comes from. Like, where the format came from. Alright. Schemes. Schemes are... Non-traditional magic cards, <laughs> i.e., big. They're in. They are used in the arch enemy casual variant. 
which the arch enemy is set up where one player is the arch enemy and then there are four other, you know, multiple other players trying to take down the arch enemy. So these schemes are like super powerful buffs that allow you, the single player, to effectively fight against four other opponents. They have no subtype. Uh, they typically have an additional static triggered or activated ability. And and that's that's kind of what it is. It's just you you flip it over and it either does a thing or it's ongoing, so it sticks around and adds a static ability. Um, there is one pseudo interesting note. Normally, when a card refers to this type, so when it says like, let's see, this creature or uh, this instant, and it doesn't say the word card or spell after it, uh, it refers to a permanent on the battlefield. So like go because get... otherwise it would acknowledge that it is the card rather than like the permanent itself. So like if I say this, you know, go do something to this merfolk. Well, it's talking about a merfolk on the battlefield. In this case, uh, schemes will refer to this scheme, or their their abilities will refer to this scheme. In this particular case, it is re- not referring to a permanent on the battlefield. It is referring to a scheme card in the command zone that generated this ability. Now, this is the weird part where it says, like, you know, where the rules, where I mentioned that the rules kind of reference each other. So the rule that calls this out says, this is an exception to this other rule. And then you go up and you read and you go, oh, well, what's, what's that other rule? <laughs> and that and that rule specifically calls out schemes as a case that's not covered by the rule. So <laughs> it says, hey, this is an wow. exception to this rule. And then you go up and read that rule and you're like, no, 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 that rule, the rule actually covers it exactly. It's It's just saying... It's just sending you back and forth forever. Yeah. Great. Next, we've got Conspiracies. Yep. And they're they're from the set Conspiracy. I love Conspiracy. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I love the set Conspiracy. I also think Conspiracies are neat. Um, so I'll talk about them. Okay, cool. Conspiracy cards are re- really are, only... Are they non-traditional size? No, they're a totally normal size. What? But you can't just play them in your deck like normal. Um, you can't. The you don't use them in constructed. Please don't. Um, so at the the way they work is uh, at the start of a game before decks are shuffled, um, each player can can pull any number of conspiracy cards that they have drafted from their sideboard and put them into the command zone. Um, there are some uh, conspiracy cards that have uh, hidden agenda, which is some sort of secret to be revealed later when some sort of action, when some sort of something happens, depending on the card. Um, anything with hidden agenda is put into the command zone face down to be revealed later. And uh, they chill in the command zone. Uh, they're not permanents. Uh, they cannot be cast. You cannot otherwise put them in your deck they are pulled out of your sideboard um if somehow a conspiracy card would leave your command zone uh it stays in the command zone and uh if your if your card if your conspiracy cards are still in your sideboard you cannot then wish them into the game somehow (laughs) They, they cannot you cannot use a wish to to pull them from your sideboard into your command zone. I kind of love that, though, that we're acknowledging that. Uh, conspiracy cards do not have subtypes, um, though they may have 
any number of uh, static or triggered abilities. As long as your conspiracy card is face up in the command zone, its static abilities will affect the game and its triggered abilities may trigger. Um, note again that this is face up. Uh, any face down conspiracy cards um, that are in your command zone have no characteristics and the abilities of your uh, conspiracy cards in your command zone may affect your start of game procedure. Like I'm pretty sure there's one that lets you mul- have a free mulligan. Um, I think I'm pretty sure. Uh, so that there, it is worth noting pregame procedure may be affected by conspiracies. So what was it you were saying about the free mulligan? Or? I think there is a conspiracy card that lets you have a free mulligan. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. All right. Um, in looking at who the owner of a conspiracy card is, that would be the player who put it into the command zone at the beginning of the game. Um, and the controller of a conspiracy card is its owner. Uh, and <laughs> the popping back to my favorite thing that, that I hate when people do, um, you may look at a face-down conspiracy card you control at any time. You don't have to say, like, in response, I'll look at my my hidden agenda, whatever. Just If you can look at your cards, your face-down cards, you can look at your face-down cards. What if I like to announce that in response I'm looking at it? I can still, I can still do that, right? <laughs> if you want to make everyone around you miserable, then yes. Score. Perfect. <laughs> um, that all being said, you cannot look at uh, consp- face-down conspiracy cards that are controlled by other players. So I cannot just reach over and look at all of Brian's hidden agendas. No, I have no hidden agendas. I'm an open book. Of all the people in my life who would say that, I am I'm more inclined to believe you than I am to believe most people. Because I have no filter. I just say whatever. <laughs> you just you just say what's there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what's 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 next? Oh, are we going to talk about making elks? We're making elks. Well, we are We are out of the command zone. We're back in the real game. In things that are a little too real for a lot of us right now with our good friend Oko. Yeah. So so realistically, we have uh, we wrote up a bunch of show notes to talk about type changing effects. But really, there's just a picture of a 3-3 elk in the show notes. And I don't know what happened. So <laughs> I, yeah, I guess th- thanks for joining us this evening. Small small soapbox, and I, I know, again, we're talking about this Oko thing, and that makes it not totally evergreen, but soapbox about Oko, as a fundamentally Simic player who has always been like, why can't they just print good Simic cards? Like, I know why they can't print good Simic cards. <laughs> I understand why they can't print good Simic cards, but I'm so happy. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to... We're- we're going to talk about how, how things become elks. Uh, but, but first, let's talk about some uh, super type stuff. So in the last episode, we, we went over uh, super types. So the type changing rules that apply to super types. If you have an effect that changes a card's type, it won't affect the card's super type. Okay, so if you have a legendary creature and something that says all creatures become enchantments... You now have legendary enchantments. If you have a snow artifact, that's that's snow artifact. But <laughs> if you have yes. a snow artifact and it becomes an artifact creature, you're going to have snow artifact creature. Okay. And then 
if when an object gains or loses, oh, sorry, changing a card's uh, super type won't affect the card's types or subtypes. So if something gains legendary, doesn't stop being a creature. If it gains snow, it doesn't stop being an enchantment. When an object gains or loses a super type, it retains all other super types. So if I say this permanent is now a snow permanent, if it was also legendary, it's snow legendary permanent. You're really enjoying saying snow artifacts and snow whatever. You snow it. I really set myself up for that. You did. You did. I'm really happy. I'm happy for you. (laughs) That's podcast over. I did what I needed to do. I did what I wanted to do. Okay. So that's (laughs) that's super type stuff. It's it's pretty simple. This does actually when when I say it when an object gains or gains a super type, it retains all its other super types. That's actually going to be different. That is a different rule. It behaves differently than when we get into the type subtype stuff. So keep keep that in mind. I'm gonna I'm calling out specifically that that behavior is different. All right. Anything else to say about uh, super type changing? No, no. I, I not unless I can figure out a way to make another snow pun. It's nothing else to say. Nope. I I tried it. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> as far as uh, changing types and subtypes uh, there are some effects that will set an object's card type uh, and in those cases the new card type or new card types will replace any existing card types um so if i say you're a creature if you're an enchantment and i say you're a creature you're not an enchantment creature you're a creature i'm a creature now yep yep it um, unless something ex- tells you we'll talk about that in a little bit um, if my, if my types change, um, any counters or effects or damage that was marked on the, the, the object that I am, uh, will stay there, even if they're not relevant to my new card type. So if I be, if I'm a creature and I have two plus one plus one counters on me and I become an artifact, I... Still have two plus one plus one counters on me, but they don't do anything. They just exist. And if you're if you're a three three creature with two damage marked on you, and you become an enchantment, well, you're an enchantment with two damage marked on you. Got him. If you reanimate again somehow, uh, that that damage is going to become relevant again potentially. Oh, if, if I if I end up turn. being a creature again later in the turn. Yeah. Yep. So if if that becomes relevant, it, it it's worth keeping in mind because because exactly as Brian said, if if you end up going back to your original type, it's nice to know those don't fall off in the interim. Um, so a a card that I used to use to to illustrate this was um, Olivia Voldaren and Gideon. Mm. So Gideon Gideon, you know you. Pick well, your favorite. There's yeah, Gideon, whatever creature turning into. Yeah, uh, you turn Gideon into a dude, dude bro. Okay, and then you use Olivia Voldaren's ability to ping Gideon. Now, one of the things is deal when uh, you deals one damage to target creature, that creature becomes a vampire. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then. So Gideon, Gideon's a, a you know a creature becomes a vampire, and then the turn ends, and Gideon stops becoming uh, stops being a creature. Is it still a vampire? Yeah. 
no. No. Well, not not then. All right. It actually still there is still a continuous effect. Go listen to our layers episode <laughs> about this. There's still a continuous effect out there that says like, "Not Gideon's totally a vampire." But it's, it's chilling around in the background. Right. It's chilling in the background, but it can only do something if Gideon is a creature and Gideon's not a creature anymore. So, so on a long enough scale, if you want him to be a creature again, he'll be a vampire again. No, 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 because of timestamps. So oh, right. The, the, oh, the, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the the you're a vampire has a later timestamp than Gideon's <laughs> type changing ability that makes it like a soldier. Yeah. Says, Gideon's yeah, yeah, a yeah. soldier. Oh, it's, it's fun. That's that's for that's advanced layers right there. I mean, I had to, yeah, no, that's, that, I didn't, was not looking at Olivia, nor was I looking at Gideon, but, uh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's a, that's a really good example. It's a, it's a, it's a great, great question. Because there's a lot of, a lot of pieces to, to work through as you're, as you're working through the, like, okay, what happens now? Yep. Um, much like as we were, uh, talking about with, with types, um, some effects will set an object's subtype. Um, and in those cases, the new subtype replaces any existing subtypes. Simple. Uh, so if I, if I am a zombie, uh, now I've, I usually see things turn into zombies. If I'm an angel, and then I get turned into a zombie, unless something tells me I'm still an angel, I'm a zombie now, not a zombie angel. Do you, do you want me to do this next line? Because I had to spend a little bit of time noodling over this. Go for it. Okay. So there's a rule that says if an object's card type is removed and the subject and the subtypes correlated with that card type will remain will remain if they're also subtypes of the card type the object currently is. Now I'm gonna break that down as to what that what that <laughs> actually means. Okay. So if I have a creature zombie okay yes and and a card that just makes you a then an effect that says you're a three three creature and doesn't give a subtype i'm gonna keep my zombie subtype okay Mm -hmm. because now if i am a this is this is weird this was the only way i could figure this out is if i have a tribal creature goblin Uh uh-huh and something happens to make it not a creature? To make it not a creature anymore, because goblin is also a subtype of tribal, it will keep the subtype of goblin because it has the type of tribal. Because it's because goblin is still a relevant subtype for tribal? Yes. <laughs> Alright. Right. Yeah. There we go. That was that was what I was able to figure out. So we found a, a place where tribal is relevant. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Really obscure, <laughs> and it's great because now I have a permanent on the battlefield that's just a tribal. Yeah, what? <laughs> I don't. Remember, all right, per- permanent permanents on the battlefield that have lost all their permanent oh, types are still gosh. permanents, even though they're not a permanent type. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did we make the same bad sound effect at the same time? Yeah, sounds right. Did. Yep. Additionally, with types and subtype changing, a removing a subtype does not change the type. Um, so as I've been alluding to a little bit through talking about all of this, um, there are some effects that will change an object's type or subtype, but specify that it will retain 
one of its previous types or subtypes. Um, and in those cases where it specifies that it retains them, it will retain all the previous uh, types or subtypes. Um, so I know we, we did talk about Frogify versus Turn to Frog in the Throne of Eldraine release notes, correct? Yeah, well, this is... Uh, a different we're, we're, sort of... We're jumping, we're jumping to a different point before I think we've, Got we've it? totally covered this one. Sure. So, um, so what happens is if I have a land, an artifact land... And I play a spell that says, you know, target land becomes a creature. It's still a land. Okay, saying it's still a land, what that really means in the in the rule standpoint is it's still everything it's it was before. Still all the previous things. Right. So even though it just says it's the effect says it's still a land and my land my land is an artifact land. It's going to retain land. It's going to retain artifact also. They write it that way on the on the card because, generally speaking, you you, you want to know you know my my land's going to become a creature. Is it still is it still a land? Yeah, it, it's still a land. They're pointing out the things that they think will be most relevant. Right, ninety ninety eight percent of the time, based on my scientific study of making that number up right now. Yeah, that's it's a very very precise number. It's not going to be anything else. So including the superfluous words of it's still any of its previous time. It's like that's just unnecessary or not unnecessary, but it's it's unnecessary for most circumstances. Right. So if if I say, you know, this becomes an artifact, uh, I have an artifact creature and I say it becomes an uh, it becomes an enchantment. It's still a creature. It's going to remain. It's now an artifact creature enchantment. If I if we say. It becomes a merfolk in addition to its other. So I target a, a goblin with it becomes a merfolk in addition to its other types. It's going to be a goblin merfolk. And probably it's going to be kind of conflicted if it's a goblin merfolk. Between its desire to light everything on fire and its desire to throw water on everything. Yeah. I mean, there. I think there is a card goblin merfolk where there is a goblin merfolk. And it's it, it's pretty conflicted. Like, I think it would get into arguments with itself at Thanksgiving dinner. I am now looking for cards that are goblin and merfolk. There was a merfolk versus goblin dual deck. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's. I don't remember the name, but it's one red. It's a red and a blue for one one that pings. I think it's a one one pinger. Huh. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Razor fin hunter. Here we go. One one blue and red. Razor fin tap. Razor fin hunter deals one damage to target creature or player. Huh. I love that you knew that. Um, but yeah, so so saying... Don't know new cards so much, but like really weird cards from Plane Shift or whatever. Yeah. I don't even know what this card symbol is. <laughs> okay, so what's what's up with, with Frogify and Turn to Frog? Sorry, I'm looking up what set oh. Razorfin Hunter is from. Uh, but <laughs> it's from Apocalypse. Oh, Apocalypse, okay. Um... That's the, the, the face-looking expansion symbol. Uh no. Yeah, it's face looking. Okay. Ha. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> uh so Frogify versus Turn to Frog. Uh the OG Turn to Frog uh says uh until end of turn target creature loses all abilities and becomes a blue frog with base power and toughness 1/1. One, one. Uh Frogify says enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a blue frog creature with base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. And then in parentheses, it says it loses all other card types and creature types. 
So, which one of these lets us keep all of our stuff, Brian? Well, well you just kind of read the reminder text, so... Turn, yeah, turn... Oh. Uh, so, turn, turn to frog just says the creature becomes a blue frog. So, we're changing the color, and we're changing the, sub, the creature subtype to frog. So whatever your subtype is, if you're goblin merfolk, if you're if you're uh, zoblin gombi, um, if you're uh, uh, a nephilim or whatever, uh, you're now a frog. But if you were an artifact creature nephilim, you're now an artifact creature frog because this turn to frog does not change your type. Mm-hmm. Only sets your subtype. Frogify, however because it has that extra word creature in there. Mm-hmm. It is a blue frog creature. I don't care if you're an artifact creature. You're now a creature. I don't care if you're uh, an enchantment creature. You're now a creature. Oh, Gideon, you thought you were you were going to turn back into being a planeswalker? You are frogified. You are frog instead. You are frog. So adding that, adding that creature is setting your uh, type... And not just your subtype. Yep. All right. Yep. Now we've get, we get to the artifact creature bonus, which is sort of it, it's it's its own beast related to the uh, leaving types behind. Yeah. So we said if you become a creature, I don't care about your other types. You're a creature. But if I say you're an, you become an artifact creature specifically an artifact creature in the rules there's a, specifically a rule that says nah you also retain your other types even though it, it does not remind you right so so artifact creature you are an artifact creature behaves differently than every other you become a thing but why though other uh, other than the rules telling me that that is the case i want to say it has to do with old 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 rules like um, Mishra's factory, when it they didn't want you to somehow deny people of of having your land, like turning it into a creature and somehow denying uh, you of its ability to tap for mana. Just just removing, like it acts, acting as land destruction in some way. Yeah, I I think, but but uh, uh, Mishra's factory became it became a creature. It became an artifact creature, uh, but they wanted it to still be a land. I think remember exactly i know that it's an old old rule and it was it was from it deals with some old school wonkiness but you get cards now like blink moth nexus blink moth nexus says when you you can pay one and say blink moth nexus becomes a it's a land it's, it says blink moth nexus becomes a one one blink math blink moth artifact creature with flying until end of turn it's still a land on that card because it turns it into an artifact creature the words it's still a land are actually redundant. You can remove the it's still a land and the card functions exactly the same. That's so silly. I mean, I guess for the sake of consistency and templating, or maybe whoever designed the card just didn't know that. I don't know. Yep. But uh, <laughs> then the double bonus. Yeah, the double bonus is if, so if I become an artifact creature, then I retain all of my previous types. Okay, so if I'm an, an I'm an enchantment creature and I become an artifact creature, I am now an enchantment artifact creature. But if it says you become a if I'm a artifact creature goblin or an enchantment creature goblin, 
as as you do. Yeah, right. And yeah, the effect like says you become a merfolk artifact creature. You will become a enchantment artifact creature merfolk. merfolk. And you're not a goblin anymore. And you're not a goblin. So so when it sets your subtype, it sets your subtype. Uh, but when it when becoming an artifact creature, but when you become an artifact creature, you just kind of just add on the other types. But you adjust the subtypes. Yep. Silliness. Very weird. Um, things about lands uh, be having their their types and subtypes changed. Um, if an effect sets a land's subtype to one or more of the basic land types, uh, that land no longer has its old land type. I don't know, Brian. When could a uh, when could this ever be relevant? Uh, setting, spreading seas. Setting things to basic land types. Um, spreading seas. Yeah. Um, and it loses all the abilities granted from its rules text, its old land types, and any copy effects that may be affecting it. Um, so yeah, spreading seas. Um, you're, you're an island now. I don't care what you were before. Your oracle text is teardrop. Because that, <laughs> oh. because that's what you're doing. Because you're crying and also because you're an island now. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So we we talked about these type changing effects. So these are governed by the interaction of continuous effects that we talk about in our layers episode. But where does type changing effects fit in the, the whole layer scheme? Uh type changing effects are in layer four. So they are they are after copy effects, control changing effects, text changing effects, yep. b- before and then type changing, then color changing, adding and removing abilities, and then power and toughness stuff. Yep. So this is this is why, um, and we, we we were joking about Oko making things elks. Um, so Oko, for example, just breaking it down makes things what uh, three three green elk creatures. Uh, I believe I yeah. don't know the color, but that seems right. Yeah, I think it's green. So, so when you break it down, uh, it becomes an elk in layer four. It becomes green in five. It uh, removes all abilities in layer six. So there's a so anything that any permanent that interacts and changes things types has already happened. Yep, it will happen before the any gaining or losing abilities happens. Right. And and from one standpoint, like if I had an effect that said, you know, all goblins are zombies. Okay. And then I had another card that said all all zombies have flying. Okay. Then that would be intuitive. I would it's intuitive. I expect all of my goblins to have uh to be zombies and have flying. If I reverse to that order all of my zombies, which I don't have any because all I have are goblins, gain flying, and then all my goblins become these these pitiful, sad, non-flying zombies. Sad, right, which actually flying zombies is terrifying. <laughs> that's why they're sad. Yeah, they, they they can't scare you. Yes. Um. So yeah. So that's uh that's that. Yeah. And that's that's all that's all we got about types, yo. <laughs> yeah. The. I think that the timeliness on this right now is good with with losing with with Oko and losing all abilities and it coming up a lot and seeing exactly how that impacts the game and how that can make things sticky. But if you think about layers and how everything actually 
reaches existing in the way that it does on the battlefield, it makes some sense. We'll just walk walk through your layers and see what happens when. Yep. Anything else you want to say about uh, types? Other than the phenomena song still in my head. I, <laughs> I'm still mad about Will Rowan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like... That's, that's, <laughs> Mr. Rowan's my dad. <laughs> Mr. Rowan's you can, my dad. You can call Will. me Will as, as, as the, the young teacher pushes their glasses up. <laughs> I, I'm not like my dad. I'm a, I'm, I'm hip. <laughs> yeah. My, my dad's a science teacher. I'm a history teacher. I'm cool. <laughs> um, that's not true. Science teachers are way cooler than history teachers. Y'all can be mad at me about that if you want. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, if that's all we've got to say about that, um, if you did not listen to the part one of this episode, episode 238 came out right before this, uh, I would suggest going back and listening to that so you get the whole cohesive experience. Uh, that being said, if you would like to listen to more of our show or learn more about the show or learn more about judging... Uh, You can find our archives at judgecast.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast. You can find us uh, at Twitter on... At Twitter. At judgecast on Twitter. Yeah, find us at at Twitter. Um, And uh, you can shoot us an email at judgecast at gmail.com. That being said, I am Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman, and I'm a non-traditional magic card. Aww. Speaking of Dryad Arbor, I had the best judge call at a uh, WPNQ about two, three weeks ago. Judge, can I get the oracle text for dryad arbor and i uh, i was like tree symbol oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh